You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks this week, I'm Jennifer Perry. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to address on the podcast, reach out to us. Connect with us on Facebook. Just do a search there for the Retirement Solution with John Hicks or just go online to retirementsolutionradio.com. After the Super Bowl, John, I was reading about one of Tom Brady's first jobs. He uh, was on a podcast recently and described one of his first jobs. It was actually scraping the ceilings at this manufacturing plant. He said it was absolutely miserable. And it reminded me of the story you told us here uh, late on the show last week, where you earned the nickname Squeegee Boy. You thought I was going to forget, but I didn't. Oh, see, I'm never going to live it down. Squeegee Boy, yes. But it's good to know that if I was Squeegee Boy... Then, uh, then Superboy Tom Brady was Scraper Boy. Right. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because I, I love that. And see, this is what I find so many very successful and humble people. This is what I find they all have in common. You know, they had jobs in the beginning that were character builders, if you will. Yes. So, you know, Tom Brady, I, I've heard his dad speak several times, you know, really put together, you know, well family that he comes from. You know, Tom, smart guy, went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. You know, it's not an easy place to go. True. And most of the things that he has done, he's, he's done a good job at. But he had a character builder. He scraped ceilings. Uh-huh. And I, I can relate to that because I don't have any of those accomplishments. I didn't marry a Victoria's Secret angel my oh, wife is much on, hotter, yes. much okay. hotter there you go. than the average Victoria's Secret angle. She had to turn them. She's turned them down several times. <laughs> Good job. And, and so, but I, I had to uh, squeegee tomato juice in a canning factory. <laughs> I did. I did that for an entire summer because it was the only job that would give me enough hours that my dad would find appropriate so that I could play American Legion and semi-pro baseball in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And so I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and squeegee tomato juice. <laughs> Um, for basically an entire summer. So, uh, I, see, Tom, I get it. I get what yes. you did, man. You scraping ceilings in a factory. I was squeegeeing tomato juice in a factory. Yes. So maybe, maybe, boy, I got, maybe I got Super Bowl boy. holes. You you, think, maybe Jennifer? one day. One day. It's not too late for you. You're mm. about the same age. So start working on that, and uh, maybe next season we'll see you out there. But uh, do you remember, by chance, opening that first paycheck while you were squeegee boy? Uh, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. Okay. But here's what I do remember. I remember calculating in my head. I worked 38 hours at whatever the wage was back then. I'm, I was trying to remember if it was four and a half bucks or five bucks or whatever it was. But I was trying to figure out because I, I think that I was supposed to get about 230 or $240. Hmm, okay. And I remember when I opened it up, the first number didn't have a two in front of it. It had a one in front of it. And I remember thinking, what is that? And there was all kinds of Sanskrit, uh, which is what I call, you know, all those things that come out of our paychecks, right? Right. And I was a kid. I didn't have even the health insurance, and I wasn't putting into a 401k. It felt like there was like seven deductions. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> uh, tax to use the toilet at the factory? What are they charging us for? What is this? But I remember thinking to myself, man, I can't get that new baseball glove I wanted. I thought that if I worked for two weeks, I was going to get a new baseball glove. And I didn't quite have enough. Oh. I was about 62 bucks short. Oh, that's yeah. not a yeah. pleasant surprise. And, and this I, was the yeah, 80s, Jennifer. Yeah. This this is oh. when this is when the tax rates were higher than they are now. Man, yeah, I know. Rip off. We uh, talked to a few of our listeners who felt the same way, John. The first time I had an awareness of taxes was when I was working my first job at a restaurant. They asked me to fill out a W two. I was completely lost. I had to call my parents, and I think I was paid a dollar per hour, and I was paid in tips, but I understood none of that, and so I was so confused why, at the end of every night, I had to 
cash in my tips, add all these numbers. And at the end of everything, I never got a paycheck because taxes were taken out of it. So I was very confused and a little heartbroken when I realized all the money I earned, I didn't get to keep. Fun lesson. I remember being a little bummed out about what you end up with after everything was taken out. I remember being a little surprised by being taxed. Part of my mind thought only adults pay taxes. <laughs> but um, I got used to it and it only really started to impact me when I got older and got higher paying jobs. Oh, yeah. Mm. So it doesn't get any better. But I'm wondering about when we move to retirement, John. I think most of us are thinking, all right, the tax picture should improve for us. But what's the truth there? Well, the truth of it is, is that your taxes could stay the same. They could go down. But realistically, what we're finding out with most good savers, their taxes basically go up. Hmm. And it's unfortunate, but this is why I've been on this show trying to yell from a megaphone for at least the past three years about this exact thing. Guys, taxes are one of the biggest expenses we're ever going to pay in our lifetime. But in retirement, it is our single largest expense. Oh, wow. Period. Not health care? No, not health care. Believe it or not, not health care, not paying your house off, huh. not helping grandkids go to college. For the average American, the largest expense we have is our taxation, right? And most people say, well, I'm only in the 12% bracket. Oh, uh, 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 hold up. That is just one of the minor taxes we all pay. Do we not pay sales tax? Right. Do we not pay usage tax every time we go to the gas pump? Yep. Ooh, yeah, we do. We have taxes on everything, guys. Look at your cell phone bill and tell me if you understand what any of those things are for. <laughs> I don't understand a single thing on that. None. And so that we are taxed through the yang, but when we are in retirement, here's what often happens, especially if we're good savers and we have a pension is a big one. But on top of that, if we've just done a good job saving, if we've saved better than four or $500,000 in tax deferred accounts at a certain point in time, the government mandates, they make us, they force us to pull money out of those accounts, whether we want to or not. Right. And in doing so, they are getting and exacting a tax for us to pull that money out. Well, here's what happens, guys. Often, if we've done a good job saving, that makes our Social Security taxed. <gasps> what? John? Social Security's taxed? Oh, it doesn't have to be taxed. But if you've done a good job saving, they're going to do everything they can to tax your Social Security as well. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so the thing of it is, when you look through this, many of us, we don't have the same deductions, right? We don't have any dependents anymore. The house is paid off. We don't even get the, uh, the mortgage deduction. Even though we give to the church, we're giving more of our time instead of our money right? So when you think about all these things, I cannot tell you how many people that I've run into, and they are actually paying a higher percentage of their income in taxes than they did when they were working. Oh, shocker. Because they don't have as many deductions. And even though they make a lot less income, there's nowhere to hide. Huh. And so they have to pay these taxes. And so because of that is why I've been saying for years, we have got to get ourselves figured out. How's my income going to work out in retirement? How do I know that if I need $30,000 to live off of, how do I make sure I don't have to pull out $45,000 just to make sure I can live off of 30, right? Yeah. The difference is taxation. So if you don't have a plan for that, guys, the government already has a plan for you. It's called the default plan. They're going to take your money so that they don't default, right? <laughs> yes. That's exactly how they look at it. In the new administration, love it, hate it, in the middle, they've already said straight up they're going to increase taxes. Yep. Bar none. So this is the lowest time, maybe for the rest of our lives to reduce the amount of taxes we pay. It potentially never gets better from here. Mm -hmm. 
So that being the case, don't we want to be smarter about what we've saved? Nothing burns me up more than to think we put in all this time and saved all this money to get potentially less than half of what we actually saved. That, guys, is an atrocity. And we can fix that, though. But we can't do better unless we know better. Radio host, financial advisor, and now author. That's right. Check out John's book, The Retirement Solution, on Amazon.com. Or get a free chapter now at RetirementSolutionRadio.com. I will say, I think a lot of us have gotten tired of this word over the last year. Joining us virtually. As many virtual visits as we can. Our virtual consultation. A virtual class. Um, the virtual option. Oh, the virtual stuff. Can we talk exactly. about that for a second? I just went to my first virtual baby shower. <laughs> Let me tell you, it took <laughs> how they, 15, how they do that? 15 minutes of you're on mute. Someone mute their line. It was just yeah. chaos for about 15 minutes. I almost gave up. I love my friend and I love her baby to be, but oh my goodness, it was just too much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting a little bit sick of that. I kind of need that beer in Mexico and anxious See? to take a trip again. But you have gotten really good at helping people with their questions, even if that's virtually right now. So can you break down for us? I mean, what does that virtual visit entail and how's it different from maybe how you did things before? Yeah. So as anyone that's ever been to our office before, we're very hands-on. You know, I like to see people personally. I like to see them face-to-face. I can gauge a little bit more about someone than they think I can just in the way that they sit in a chair in the same room with me. Mm -hmm. I can find out, hey, are they comfortable talking about finances? Are they uncomfortable? I can see if I have a couple in there that one person may be on the same page as me, but the other one doesn't even like that page. They're on a different book. And that's perfectly fine. I get that. So I always laugh. I always say, you know, a good part of my job is, is basically being a marriage counselor. You know, that's probably 85% of my job. Only 15% is actually advising and giving investment instruction and tax advice and estate planning, things like that. Uh-huh. I always laugh about it. So when we had to go virtual, our firm invested a tremendous amount to make sure that it would actually work. Because all of our clients, we know each other. I mean, we used to do food truck events four or five, six times a year. Oh, that was we just, fun. Barbecue. Yeah, we just had everyone and, oh. out to the office and we'd have awesome food trucks come out. And the whole point was we just got to see each other. We didn't talk business. We just wanted to find out a little bit about what's been going on with people's lives that wasn't part of an annual review or wasn't part of a need to move this money here or that or not trying to figure out an income plan or, or estate type things just to see people. So when all this happened, we figured out, okay, we're going to have to get really good at this and it's going to have to happen fast. Mm -hmm. So today we still implement those protocols because there's still a lot of us that haven't had those COVID shots, right? Right. And a lot of us that still could be at risk. And I know we're sick of hearing it guys, but you know, I want to help my family, my client family and my personal family and my work family as much as we all can too. And we've seen the, the, the virus ramp up a little bit here recently, right? Yeah. So I need everyone to stay safe, but that doesn't mean we can't get individualized, personalized attention. We're just doing it from the stupid screen, right? Yes. And, and, and everyone's got a mute problem. And you're out there going, I do not have a mute problem, John. Yes, you do. Because I do this about 12 times a day, and I have a mute problem. I can't figure it I've out. I've done it, too. I hate when oh I do gosh. it, but sometimes I'm the guilty one, yes. Yeah. So we really want to make it as close to that personal experience as we can. I mean, the thing of it is, is the cool thing about technology, I can show someone their portfolio. I can show them the analysis right there where my face is right beside it. No different than if they were in my major office and I'm putting it up on the big board. I can still draw their attention. The cool thing about the Zoom version or the online version, 
we actually have that video when we done that we can send it back to the client oh so, you so can how watch many times have you left yeah. yeah how many times have you left your advisor's office and you're like oh this is exactly what i need to do this is exactly right i'm going to do that and then as soon as you get out the door as soon as you're like honey where should we go for dinner and you're at dinner and you're like hey what did john say you're like i have no idea i was hoping you'd remember because i don't remember a dang thing he said some about bears in mexico and kenny chesney and other than that honey i don't remember a dying thing what are we doing um, so the cool thing about that is, is that it's automatic, right? right? So we get to send our clients those videos if they want those after we've given the conversation and they can actually watch it when they get nervous or when they're trying to figure something out. So at the end, even though I much would rather prefer a personal relationship with all of my clients, and at one point we can get back to that, right guys? Yeah. The thing is we've learned how to make this technological world work the best we can for what we have. And frankly, I'm not trying to toot our own horn and saying, I feel like we're one of the best out there at trying to accomplish this, uh, mainly because all of our clients that have gone through this, they actually appreciate it. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Jay Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. Jay Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 99882. 